welcome back to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. I am the Corey C. And I got my back-to-back swag champion partners with me, Mike B and the big Aristotle Shaq. What up, fellas? What up, Corey? What up, Mike B? Hey, what up, fellas? What's up, family? Yes, sir. How you feel? How you feel? Again, back-to-back champs. How you feeling? I, I can't I can't describe the 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 emotions right now, man. It's a good feeling. Um, 12 and 0, you know, first time in JSU history. So we got one more to go, man. I'm proud to say that, but you know, it's um, been a long time coming, man. We've been through a lot since uh, doing <laughs> our days at Jackson State. So, man, um, I mean, what can you say right now? Yeah, man, it's definitely uncharted waters for me. And uh, it's just uh, a lot of emotion. It's almost surreal because, you know, as you mentioned, you know, going back to you know, our days in the honors dorm, you know, we've seen some some disappointing nights, some disappointing seasons, some disappointing coaches, and <laughs> it's all culminated and led up to this, you know. And so it, it's just surreal because we all knew that, you know, JSU had this ceiling, and it was just uh, always uh, unfortunate that we couldn't, you know, make the most of it, and we always sort of seemed to underachieve. So uh, it's a great feeling to uh, be on top twice. And man, the team that we did it against, man, couldn't happen any better than going up against the Jags, especially if you look back at SWAC championship game history. We all remember the inaugural SWAC championship game. I hate to bring that one up, but and then we played them again as well. And it's just heartbreaking losses. So I you know, going then down toward the stretch of the last stretch of the season, we didn't know who we would play, but I know you guys wanted Southern. Yeah, obviously Texas Southern was still in the mix. It's like should have been probably should have been Prairie View, but I know y'all won the Southern in the SWAC championship game in Jackson. I did. You know, deep down inside you did, and you wanted to go ahead and just and just give it to him, man. You know, just dig it in a little bit because uh that's your arch rival, man, and rightfully so. So uh it was good to see us, you know. I wish we could have beat the brakes off him a little bit more. You know, I wish we would have scored a little bit more points in the fourth I wanted quarter, that 50 piece. I saw that 43 sitting up there. It's 43 plus seven is 50. That's yeah, what I, want. I wanted the 50 piece. One more touchdown would have been nice. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted the 50 piece, but, I, you know, I got to set up for the 43. But overall, um, I'm proud of the team. I'm proud um, with all the distractions that was going on during the week. I'm proud that they put together an almost complete game uh, with the exception of not having – um, you know, a game plan for um, their third string quarterback. I, I think the, the defense play admirable um, and, and the offense put up some points, man. So I was I was proud of the of the way the team came out to play. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want Southern. I didn't want I did not want to play Southern because uh, sometimes to me, history seems to supersede the current situation. Um, I can say going back to, um, to my childhood traumas with this with this, with this team, Baton Rouge, man. Uh, early 1990s, Lindsey Hunter, you know, Fly Ryan Lothridge, all those guys, great team, went played Southern in the championship game, lost. 1999, two first round draft picks, uh, I think four players drafted overall, played Southern in Birmingham, lost. I, I cried that game. Uh, I cried that game. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. yeah. I, I could be a man about it now, reflect back on it, but I think I shared a couple of tears because I was so <laughs> mad at the how we at how we lost that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that one hurt. Yeah. That one hurt bad. Yeah, but it, it, it's been multiple. Even, even in baseball, man, it's just uh, 
for some reason, it was just a hump we could never get over. And I had no reason to believe that. I, mean, I, I, I knew we were good enough, but um, I think I, I text you guys um, that, that day. I'm like, I got a real bad feeling about this game because in Southern, not mm-hmm. necessarily that we lose, but it'll just be a little bit more challenging than, than, mm-hmm. than we need it to be. And then we open up with 26 straight points. And then a third-string quarterback comes in and makes it all interesting. So I'm like, this is this is some JSU Southern voodoo right here. Um, so I'm glad we were able to. Uh, I'm glad we were able to um, to withstand it. I hear you, but I'm not feeling it, man. Because the thing, the difference between this year and all those previous years, and you know these matchups is this team was just far, far superior than Southern. And some of those other matchups, you know, the teams were were more evenly matched, if you will. So it could go either way. Now, a lot of times we were better than them. But, again, they, they still would come away with the win somehow. But I just felt like we were so much better than them. I just knew, I knew we were going to come out on top. And people always like – I saw this leading up to the game, leading up to the game. It's hard to be the team twice in the season. It's hard to be the team twice in the season. No, it's not. No, it's not. It may be hard to blow a team out two times in one season, but if you're that much more superior than the other team, it's not hard to beat them two times in the season. And that was clear. That was clear in the first quarter of this game. Talk about how the defense – I think, man, the defense just really set the tone for the team. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with yeah. those early turnovers by 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 Aubrey Miller uh, and then a fumble recovery uh, shortly after that on the next drive, they kind of – oh, I, I'm forgetting about Herman Smith. And his uh, what, what should have what I thought should have been a pick six. I thought he crossed the plane. I don't think he so. No, he, 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 made it. Nah, he, he did. He was, he was down. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, Gaddy and, and Miller they they set the tone, man. They they came in and played. Then uh, Cameron Silver Craig, uh, a lot of He's those guys they self. came in. Yeah, yeah. Usual self, you know, uh, Honey Badger. They came in and they played lights out in that in that first quarter. And and you know, I was I was concerned too about maybe the team had a lot of distractions in terms of you know everything that was going on um, you know with, around the program and around the school uh but they, they came in locked in and that was good to see play with a lot of energy um play with a lot of speed and aggression uh man I mean what can you say about Aubrey though man the guy's been a man child gonna miss for him the past four or five games well you know what all season for that matter no for the past two and a half started to shine these last four or five games <laughs> I, Shaq, for the past two and a half seasons, I say half because of the spring. We can't short him and say last four games. This man has been a monster since he set foot on campus. Yeah, agree. I mean, but he's a, he's a turnover machine, man. He's he's forcing turnovers. Um, he's hitting the gap pretty well. He's putting putting some nights hits on some of the players. So, um, I thought he played a great game. I thought Gat- Gaddy played an excellent mm-hmm. game coming off the edge. Um, Mike, your guy. Raging, raging. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a nice little game too, coming off the edge. I mean, uh, all those guys play, play tremendous, man. And yeah, um, yeah. as I said, with the exception of their third stream quarterback, you know, getting loose on some runs, which gave him some, some, uh, some that gave the Southern some momentum and gave him some much needed confidence. I, I, I hate we couldn't plug up the gaps on that earlier to stop those runs from taking place. I think if we stop those runs from taking place. Um, we we demoralize them. Absolutely, I think um, yeah, just just the whole defensive front, man. Uh, Mercier, uh, True Thompson, all those guys. Uh, True Thompson, he doesn't get enough credit for the way he he, he does blocks so those linebackers get out there. And, and um, I think that's something we really haven't mentioned all this year because you don't what he does, you don't really see it in the stat sheet. 
is just uh, when you watch him play, he's just you know dominant amongst that offensive line, and he takes up those blocks and a lot of linebackers to uh, hit the gaps and do what they do. So it was just a, um, a complete team effort, uh, especially yeah. in that first quarter. There, yeah. a lot of complimentary football. And it was good to see the offense not start slow. You know, we always have this talk, this discussion on the show for our, our post game wrap up. The offense had it going early, man. It was so impressive seeing uh, how the ball distribution, it was a number of wide receivers getting involved uh, early in offense. So I, I want to start with one guy, man, because we've been waiting for him to have a, a, a big game this season, but I was very impressed with Rico powers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Call some big catches, man. Um, Caught some big catches on the sideline. You know what? The highlight of the game for me is that behind the throw, the behind the shoulder throw that Shador threw to him. I think that was the third quarter. He catches it on the sideline for a touchdown, and the the opposing DB didn't even realize he had the ball mm-hmm. yeah. um, until yeah. he until he revealed it to him. And I was like, now that's it was a big time throw and a big time catch. So, you know, he got a great yeah. game, man. Yeah. yeah, we knew he had the potential. You know, he did a great job of separating. Uh, finding the soft spots in the defense and, you know, quarterbacks like wide receivers that are open. And, you know, he was open pretty mm-hmm. much the entire game. You know, Shadur could have went to him several more times if he wanted to. Uh, he, he, just, he was just dominant against that Southern defense. I mean, he was the only one who was open. You know, the reason why he couldn't go to him more is because there were so many guys that were that were open. <laughs> Shane Hooks, five catches, 104, two touchdowns, uh, doing the usual Shane Hooks thing, yak, yak yards after the catch. You know, he makes me nervous, though. You know, want to make sure he doesn't fumble when he's fighting for those extra yards. He held on to the rock. Willie gains seven catches. He's usually a guy who only, you know, he maybe only catches two or three balls, but they're usually for big gains. Gains, right? Oh, yeah. Gains. Oh, yeah. Right, but seven yeah. catches on the day. Rico Powers, he had six. Dallas Daniels, six. So a number of guys caught multiple passes. Kevin Coleman only caught one pass. It seemed like he caught more, but I think it was because that one was for a touchdown. But he had how many – Two point conversions did he convert? Yeah, he converted two of them. Yeah, two of them. He converted. And if 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 Shadur throws the ball a little bit more accurate in the first quarter on that bomb that was on down the sideline, you got another touchdown to Kevin Coleman right there. Yeah, that's the one thing I've, you know, if you're going to complain or gripe about Shadur, well, you'll say holding on to the ball a little bit too long, but a, a number of uncharacteristic overthrows. I don't know if he's getting anxious, but he's missed number of guys deep this season and i know he's won those balls back you know look at the number of touchdowns he's thrown this season i want to say what 36 on the season 36 36 how many touchdowns did he overthrow how many guys did he miss i mean he's six seven of them i mean you talk about what over 40 wow over 40 touchdowns and then we talk about the drops as well that's improved a little bit towards the end of the season but if you you know if you don't have those overthrows you don't have those drops i don't know every quarterback every team can say oh you know this say that but i mean it, it was right there for him i mean he, he had a historic season but he could have been even more historic just from a number standpoint so uh definitely uh you know shadur he fell short in that Connolly trophy uh ceremony though mike what you know we talk about <laughs> what is it about the swag what is it about hbcu mike said he don't he doesn't even think steve mcnair would have won it back in the day i told him jerry rice or walter payton either no no they, they wouldn't have gave any of them yeah exactly it's just um like i said they should just rename it the you know the, the award for every school but that space uh valley and, and alcorn because none, none of us are winning I think even a Delta State guy got it one year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Josh Bright. Uh, yeah, Josh Bright, yeah. yeah. Quarterback. 
Yeah. Um, so it's um, amazing. Yeah. You know, hey, make, make what you want of that. But um, but yeah, Shadur, uh, great season. Uh, if you want to call it a, a sophomore slump, I guess that's a sophomore slump. You know, he overthrew uh, a couple of passes, but I'll I'll take that I'll take that all day every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely, by two. Definitely, man. Great atmosphere. Uh, the game crowd for me was a little bit disappointing. I would have liked for it to have been all the way packed, but I think uh, I don't think the Jags did their part. I think a lot of them stayed at home because they knew what was going to happen. They decided not to make that trip. So I, I definitely would have liked the you know sixty thousand people in the vet for the swag championship, but we'll take it nonetheless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would have been nice to have them come out and and uh, support the city and. and- you know, and at the end of the game, we can, you know, all tell them to go home. But, you know, I, I understand, you know, um, you know, they, they they lost the game before they even stepped on the field. And mm-hmm. I like that. I prefer it that way. So, uh, you know, uh, a lower uh, fan attendance comes along with that. You know, I, I'll accept that. But just mm-hmm. to know that, uh, you know, like Coach Prime said, that's just dominant. You know, and, and that's what we did. We uh, dominated the entire game. Uh, they they had their moments, uh, you know. As Shaq mentioned, uh, McDaniel came in the game and played very well. Uh, I think in in the past he 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 started for Southern. He he's got some experience there, so he, he's a uh, he's he's played a little bit of football. So uh, was not surprised to see him play to that level, uh, you know, to make the game interesting for the remaining three quarters. But uh, no, it, it was a wrap before they even got on the field. Uh, did you get nervous when they cut it to twelve? No, I, I, I really no, not really. I, I, I knew it was a matter of time before we made some plays. And here, here's the reason why I didn't get nervous. And when I'm watching Jackson State play, the first thing that I look at is the line play. I'm always looking at the offensive line and defensive lines and to see who's winning that battle. And at the start of the first quarter, it was no doubt that our O line was better than their D line. There was there was clearly evident to me. Um, and then as the game progressed, it became even more apparent. And then I'm looking at our D line against their O lines and they could not block us for more than three. I mean, we even in sometimes less than three seconds. But there was a lot of holding that I felt didn't get called in this game. And I honestly think because of the way the game was going, the refs didn't want it to be like a severe blowout, like because they, then that's boring to the viewers. But you could tell that a lot of holding didn't get called in this game um, that should have been called. But, you know, it is what it is. But um, our D-line manhandled their O-line the entire game. And I think um, as the game progressed and you really started to see the adjustments that were made in terms of schemes, you really saw that Southern just didn't have an answer for us. Yeah, it was it was a lot of uh, jersey pull that, that, um, that they were not called, but you know, hats off to McDaniels. He, he did make some plays with his feet. You know, one read, two read, take off, and uh, and we really did not have an answer for it. But I, I knew we'd eventually uh, settle down and we'll make some plays. Uh, this this is a defense that that's, that's going to make a play. You're not going to uh, prevent that. It's, it's only a matter of time before uh, there's a tone or turnover or a tackle for loss or a big play, uh, maybe a holder call that kind of gets them behind the chains, uh, but. I wasn't really worried about that once they got within 12 points. I knew I knew what this team is capable of. And I knew, you know, it, it, it's not it's not uncommon for us to uh, experience a lull through through the through the um 
duration of a game. It, it's happened um, several times throughout the season, but uh, the resiliency of this team, and that's uh, just a testament to the coaches and to the players themselves. I knew that they would be able to dig deep and, and eventually uh, make a play. So when they got within 12 points, I, I wasn't I wasn't too much concerned at all. Now, if they got another touchdown, I, I probably would have, you know, had some concerns there, but I, I didn't think they would get that close. I, I will say this. I was screaming at the TV and livid when Willie Gaines um, muffed that punt. I was livid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the fourth muff pump he's had this season, right? I guess if, if you want to pick one weakness for this team, it's just uh, uh, those minimal mistakes, the uh, you know the muff punt, uh, the drops, the lack of concentration, the lack of focus, uh, you know false starts, uh, some of the the, the frivolous penalties that you can do without. Um, that that's been some of the thing with this team throughout the year, but you know, luckily we have the uh, the talent and the skill set to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now if you look at the numbers for this game, if you didn't watch it, you just looked at the numbers, it would have, you know, you would thought the game was a lot closer uh, from an overall yardage standpoint. Uh, Jack State had 439, Southern 412, so that was pretty much a wash. Definitely from a passing standpoint, we outdid them by a huge margin, but rushing, they outrushed us. They were right at 200 yards. We were only at 119, but a lot of that had to do with our uh, success in the passing game. And they actually outscored us throughout the final three quarters of the game. It obviously was 26-0 in the first quarter, so we got a big lead, but as far as the, the final three quarters, they outscored us 24-17. And that's that core, that's like the largest um, the lar- the largest yardage that we've given up in rushing and passing throughout the season, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. I think they ran through for like 220. I think before that, we hadn't allowed the quarterback to, to pass for more than 200 yards. Um, yeah, yeah, some made some plays. You know, they, 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 went to the, they went to Travis Hunter and, you know, able to uh, pick up a couple of first downs. Um, I got to give them credit. They came out here and uh, they tested our defense. You know, they had every reason to throw in the towel uh, when they were down 26 nothing. You can, you can look at their demeanor on the sidelines. It was like they were all but giving up. But then they made a QB change, and uh, you got to give credit to, uh, to Dooley and, and his staff and, and, and Southern for coming out there and competing for the, for the remainder of the game. So you're giving credit to Southern, rightfully so, but I wanted to stop and take the time to give – some credit to our guys as well, you know, given the circumstances that they were playing, you know, and uh, with this game, obviously all the noise, it's the elephant in the room. Uh, I think it kind of overshadowed the game itself. It didn't feel like a, a swag championship, you know, it was just something was missing. It was a weird energy just throughout the day. The mm-hmm. post-game ceremony was just a little bit just off. I mean, I think we all knew why. Uh, it, was, it was just weird. So, you know, for the players to kind of go through that, they've been hearing it just like us, but to really, you know, just really just strap on those boots and just go to work and, and come out, you know, out of the gates. And we were wondering like, how would they respond to everything that they had been hearing? Yeah. So kudos to them, but let's get to it, fellas. You know, coach prime, we, we knew it was coming. We heard the rumors uh, internally. We kind of knew our, ourselves, but obviously it was kind of made official of the night before the game that uh, Friday night. So uh, let's just talk about the exit. And then let's just kind of uh, reflect back on his time at, at Jackson state. Well, obviously bittersweet. Um, so you're appreciative of the time, um, the exposure, and the opportunities that were made available um, for this team, for the university as a whole. Um, obviously, you, you gotta you gotta like uh, the amount of 
players that Jackson State were, were able to attract to the university because of Prime. Um, and obviously, um, some of the NIL deals and exposure and, and just opportunities overall for these for these kids to see what it's like to be a part of a big program. Not to say that Jackson State couldn't do that beforehand, but Prime is a machine in, in itself. Uh, that's a that's a um, uh, um, it's almost like a a machine that's relentless. Uh, it has so many moving parts and components from a branding and marketing standpoint that it's just it's just hard to overcome. So having that exposure, having that opportunity for those kids to experience that is undoubtedly going to be the highlight probably of some of their lives other than probably going to the NFL. So I'm happy for that. Um, on the bitter side, um, I kind of hate the timing of this, especially it's centered around the SWAC championship game. Uh, uh, one of the inaugural games of, of, of Jackson State's history in terms of what we've been able to accomplish this season, but also combined with us going into the celebration bowl. So uh, I understand it's a business. We all knew that and we all knew um, that at some point, you know, this story in this chapter was going to end. Um, but the book doesn't close here because there's still some momentum that we have as a university and the football team going into this celebration bowl and obviously going into a name of the next head football coach. So uh, for that matter, I'm excited. You know, we thank Coach Prime for everything that he's been able to do for the university and for this football team. Wish him nothing but the best uh, and wish him well in his next endeavor. Um, and we'll see how, you know, the cookie crumbles at the end. Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I didn't like first. Um, I didn't like how the last 24 hours of it all kind of unfolded. Um, you, you were hearing all these things and you were seeing these tweets about, you know, um, flight itineraries and everything popping up. You know, this is just hours before the game. So I'm wondering how the kids are going to react to it. Uh, and then they come out, they play well. Then after the game, there's a ceremony. Um, and there was this, you know, expedited um, demeanor. Uh, from Coach Prime, rightfully so, because he did have a fight to catch. He had somewhere to be, but uh, for the kids who have just won a swag championship, this is this is a highlight. This is something you'll never forget. Uh, a lot of those guys on the team they weren't there last year, so this is their first time they get the experience of conference championship. And you can't do it with your coach there, with the fanfare and with the pageantry that goes along with it. Uh, you know, with with the uh, with the swag commission coming out and, and handing you the trophy. Uh, for them, that was. It was all the wash almost. I know the ceremony did go on, but it was kind of all the wash. And um, he went and spoke to the team. I thought that was very noble because, uh, let's be honest, there are some coaches that, that don't even do that. You know, you see some coaches come to these programs. Uh, they, they, they they sell the kids a dream. They tell them they're going to be there to the end. The next thing you know, there's a press conference, and the kids find out that way. So um, I do like that uh, he, you know, he took the time to uh, talk to the kids in the program, but uh, overall, I just don't like the way the whole thing went down. Now, as far as far as the Coach Prime era goes, um, totally appreciative. I'm totally grateful. Um, all I ask is that when the coach comes in, is that he leaves the program in a better position than it was before he arrived. Now, uh, we've been through several coaches where that did not happen. So um, I just want everybody to just kind of reflect on that and, um, and what uh, the, the president of Coach Prime is done for Jackson State and the uh, the attention that is brought to us through social media, uh, through all these different avenues, um, you know, Good Morning America, College Game Day. Uh, that's, that's not something you could just 
um, threw away and, and tarnished because of of how things unfolded at the end. It, it happens all the time in college football. It, it's a business, uh, so um, we have to retreat. We have to treat it as such and respect it as such. So uh, I'm more than appreciative of that from him. Uh, you know what what he was meant for. You know some some of these kids who are on the team. You, you think of Warren Newman and uh, the the stage of the program when he came in toward as to how his college career ended. Um, you know, very appreciative of that. So you know, there, there's no reason for us to, to hang our heads. We have a great opportunity ahead of us uh, to, you know, we're we're at the, at the pinnacle here. We've shown that uh, coming from an HBCU, you can get that power five job. Uh, I know one of my uh, goals for, for this program, you know, like it or not, you know, Zach State, as much as we love it, it's an FCS program. This is not where a lot of coaches aspire to be. This is where you come. You know, uh, you, you prove yourself. You, you hopefully you have a good tenure here, and then you move on to better things if that's what you wish, if that's what you plan. Uh, you know, for your career path. So uh, to see him come in and do that, that just sends sign and resonates to other coaches who might be interested in getting this job. So that makes a lot of more coaches available to us to say, hey, you can come to Jack State and get to where you need to be. And if they go to where they need to be, if they want to be at a Power Five school, that's totally fine because that means that they were winning here. And that's what I care about winning. So, you know, we're going to usher in the next coach and hopefully keep this thing going. Well said. Well said. Well said. You know, yep. Yeah, it's so so much controversy around this. It's, it's a national story, you know, how he left when, you know, it's funny because coaches leave programs all the time, but rarely is it. A, I don't know. I don't ever remember it being a national story when a coach, uh, you know, decided to leave, especially when he went, quote unquote, up. Right, because that's the norm. But you know, it was on the Breakfast Club. It was on uh, every ESPN. Not not just talking about the fact that he's you know he's at Colorado, but they talked about the fact that he left Jackson State. So that says a lot. But and again, I know a lot of people are upset for different reasons. You know, they go back to his press conference, what he said, uh, all the things that he quote unquote promised. They don't feel as though he stayed to fulfill those things. And I'm not here to to debate that or change anyone's mind. But, you know, I, I just – and when I say controversy, so one example was the post-game press conference, the customary post-game press conference that he didn't do. He didn't show up, right? A lot of people were upset about that, and, and rightfully so. You know, they wanted him to, quote-unquote, face the music. We know what question was going to be asked, and everyone was waiting for that. I think that the, the college football world was waiting on that and, and no, no coach prime. But to let you guys know what exactly happened, what actually happened, I was in the room, right? Coach Dooley was up. He was being interviewed. And first of all, it was a, it was like a sardine can in there. It's never been that many people in there. Now, this happens during the fifth quarter. So the boom is playing. Uh, is the, the, boom, the, the bands are battling back and forth. So we closed that door. And it's still loud. You can still barely hear who's talking because it's not far from the field. So there's a knock on the door or somebody's trying to get in the door. But we're not going to let anyone in while Coach Dooley's talking, right? But they continue to try to get in. And someone finally cracked the door open. And guess who it was? I'm going to let you guys guess. Who was Prime. Coach Prime. He was trying to actually get in. Right, but in the middle of the interview, so they told him, no, Coach is still going. So he left, and it went on another 10, 15 minutes. So now we're ready for Coach Prime. And that's when he got we got worried that uh, he, he was leaving or he left because he had to, he had a team meeting. Now we know now we know that he had a flight to catch. So, of course, he was on, <laughs> on, uh, you know, on the he schedule. He was on the schedule. He was on the schedule. But in his, in his defense, he he did show up. He did show up. Now you may argue, you may argue and say, well, yeah, but he, you know, he didn't come back. Well, the man had a flight to catch. Which, if you're a Jackson State fan, is going to piss you off even more because he had a flight to catch. So it's really a no-win situation, right? But at the end of the day, uh, but but back to what I was saying, man. Just uh, from his his time here, 
I look at it like this, man. If it had you, because you know, you touched on it, man. The state of this program a few years ago, we were in a very, very bad place, and it seems like we couldn't get out of it. We had a string of unsuccessful coaches, right? And every time, you know, we let go of a coach and there was a new coach and such, we got our hopes up. Okay, we're going to get it right this time. And then we blow it. All right, we're going to get it right this time. Then we blow it. So we were really, I don't want to say desperate, but we we really need a breath of fresh air, some positivity injected into the football pro program. And coach Prime was that. So if you were to tell me back in, because he was here for two years, if you think about it, he officially started in December 2020. And now he's gone now, uh, December 2022. So you, had you told me back then that, hey, uh, you guys are going to uh, coach prime. Deion Sanders is going to come and be your coach for two years. This is what he's going to do. Right. You're going to get two swag championships, two celebration bowl appearances. You know, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll win this one. So one win. Right. He's going to sign number one recruit in the entire country. X amount of uh, four stars. You're going to go undefeated in season two and just you're going to be on Good Morning America college game day. Sixty minutes a new practice field and just on and on. I, I'm leaving plenty of things out. You said, yeah. first of all, if you told me that I, I tell you crazy because Deion Sanders is not going to come coach us. That's, that's number one. Yeah. Secondly, if you were to convince me that he would come for two years, I'd say, well, he can't do all that in two years. That's like a, a four or five year uh, uh, plan for all of that to happen based on where the program is at. at. So right. there's no way it's going to happen. But if you somehow convince me that he come here and he can get all that done in two years, but he was going to leave for a power five gig after two years. Will I take it? Would you have taken that back then? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, that. absolutely. So why why are we so upset now? Uh, because, I think I think there's a variety of reasons why some fans are upset because everybody internalizes Prime's arrival to Jackson State differently based upon their emotional connection to whatever he said during his. Mm -hmm. Okay. during his initiation to our program um and you know what to each their own I, i'm not in here to debate Ex someone's Ex personal Ex expressions or emotions on how they internalize that but for me even if i would have known that that was going to be the end game i'm still happy about it because life is about ebbs and flows it's it's a, it's a constant it's a constant up and down um that, that that we go through in, in any type of involvement of life circumstances. Football is no different and going through coaches is no different. So it's just following the natural cycle and elements of things. So consider this, this, this swag championship run that we've had for two in a row and going to the celebration bowl twice. Hopefully it ends with the win. And, you know, we consider that a flow. Um, but the ebb is we got to switch coaches. Um, and then continue to drive up more momentum going into the recruitment offseason um, and then with the season starting on next year. So hopefully we'll get into a flow then or whoever our next head coach is going to be and and continue to bring that momentum um, and take it with us and continue to kind of, you know, build the program up even higher. But from where we were two years ago compared to now, I think we can all agree it's like night and day, right? Mm -hmm. You got a new, Absolutely. you got two practice fields out of it. Um, you got a training table out of it. You got, um, um, a, well, we, we call it well, a turf field. You got um, the, the uh, a new locker room for the kids. Um, the facilities um, now, I will say the facility that was in the works. 
prior yeah, to Coach Prime. Yeah. Now, yeah, facilities now as, as far as him donating half his salary or however that story goes to make sure we get it done, and I'm pretty sure he had some input to make it probably better mm -hmm. than it was going to be, so I don't want to take credit away from him, but that was going to happen. But but go yeah. on. Go on, Shaq. And, and then you got exposure for the program. That was my You thing. got Good Morning America. You got College Game Day. You got a plethora of, um, you know, football games that was on ESPN. I think all of our games were on ESPN with the exception of maybe two, right? Mm -hmm. Two total. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you got we, – we got a lot out of this from an exposure and visibility standpoint that is going to add some much-needed momentum to our university and the football program. Now, how we utilize that momentum – how we take and visibility and exposure is up to us mm -hmm. and Got we it. have to Got be the best the best you know we have to make the best and wisest decisions going forward on how we utilize that for our benefit and so that's what i'm anxious to see with our administration um and obviously with some of the fans and, and supporters and boosters that are that are supporting the program to see how we come together even with the the now the 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 leaving of prime now how we come together and make this thing work for Jackson State. Yeah, and that's what I was alluding to when I said this is a great opportunity for us. And uh, I get it. A lot of fans are upset. You know, as Shaq mentioned, you know, when Coach Prime came in, there was a lot of a lot of fanfare. Uh, a lot of things he said at his um, at his uh, introduction uh, press conference. And um, there are a lot of fans that just expected him to be this this savior who's just going to, you know, sort through all of, you know, the um, the, the shortcomings um, that we experienced at, uh, at, at HBCUs because we get it. We're, we're underfunded. We're understaffed. Uh, we don't get treated as fairly as some of the uh, other uh, institutions. So we expect the Coach Prime to just come in and push all that to the side and just and just just take us as we are and and just you know be the coach for you know for you know a number of years. But uh, that's not always the case. Um, I think I think it, it begins with us as alumni to to make this program uh, what it needs to be. We can't just depend on one man, and and a lot of times we tend to do that in our community, not to get off on a tangent there, but we tend to put uh, all the burdens on one person and just expect them to carry that burdens, and um, that's that's not fair to him. It was never fair to him. So now that he's leaving, uh, you know, there's there's a bit of disappointment, there's a bit of heartbreak, but again. You know we're not victims here you know we're, we're not victims at all you know we are a great institution uh we have a, a great opportunity ahead of us uh we are a, a top tier fps program that can lead to uh, a position with a power five if that's what you want and so it's up to us to leverage that and support that as an alumni base and as a, as a city yeah, and I want to go back to something that Shaq talked about when he was talking about what one you know some of the things that <clears throat> Coach Prime brought to the table. Uh, he talked about just that exposure, uh, you know, being on the sixty minutes college game day, but just that brand awareness now of Jackson State's a national brand. You can't really put a price tag on that. You talk about the the marketing value. I'll be interested to see a study of what that you know would look like from a uh, you know if you had to pay for that to build up your brand what that value would be, what that cost would be. And I know uh, Mike can attest as well, being, you know, in Orlando and you know, I've been in Orlando and, you know, we've always worn our Jackson state gear and, you know, we, we get the looks yeah. and the stops, but, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, well, I mean, no, no, not, you know, Occasionally. outside Occasionally. of our people, you know, the guy right. with the fam, you shirt, right. You know, you get a few yeah. here and there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
but but now like myself living in a you know mostly uh, uh white neighborhood uh you know and i my vehicles always had jackson state decals and no one ever noticed but you know when after coach prime was <laughs> uh, named head coach or during the past couple years you know those those uh those white neighbors who always walk walk by in the evening walking the dog or going for the walk who you know always would speak hey how you doing and you know hey how's it going and kind of keep it moving mm-hmm. seeing the truck now like Oh, Jackson State, Jackson State. Wow, Coach Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, he's doing such a great thing. Those conversations, right? They're recognizing, uh, you know, what we're doing, and, and, and you know, oh, he, he took a recruit from us. He beat us out for a recruit. So again, that exposure is just uh, again, you can't place a value on it. So now, this is a critical, critical time for us. This next coach to hire is is crucial because we have to capitalize. We have to take advantage of the momentum if we get it right when we get it right because you know ad robinson has something up his sleeve when he gets it right right the plan is for the next coach to take what coach brian uh you know what he brought to the table what he built and continue yeah. moving forward and, and even take it to another level now there's only one coach prime he's one of one we get it but obviously he's laid the bl- blueprint he's put us in a position to really capitalize on it so it's up to us to move forward right. we, we knew he wasn't going to be here forever if he stayed another year we'd be having the same conversation we'd be disappointed like how long did he have to stay for us to say okay now you can go coach prime i don't know if we would ever ever gotten to that point so this is an, a crucial point for us to take advantage of the momentum and this this is overall a learning experience for our university and also the city overall because this is an opportunity for the city to see the impact that it can have on our program as well by coming together and forming some, you know, programs to help boost and help supplement coaching salaries and just unify the city overall and the surrounding counties and so forth. So, um, again, you know, taking the emotions out of it, this is an opportunity for us to really unite. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so, Shaq, I want to throw it back to a conversation that you can and Zoe had it. It became a series just, uh, you know, for Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, just this, uh, you know, shifting of uh, the top athletes from uh, going to, you know, perennial power, uh, five, powerhouses, power five schools and uh, potentially shifting back to HBCUs. And, and one thing that you said on the episode, you guys kind of pinpointed the turning point, because obviously back in the days, uh, the African-American uh, athletes, the top flight athletes went to Jackson State went to jackson state yeah it's a lot of them with the jackson state with the hbcus right yeah uh, but you pinpointed this game uh, usc versus alabama that would that shifted everything and in the term that you use it, it stands out to me it resonates i can hear your voice you said that game was like a, a death blow almost to hbcus now you, you did kind of correct kind of uh, walk it back and say well not a, a death blow completely because hbcus hbcus have continued to strive and do great things and produce a lot of great athletes since then but it really uh, was, a, was a turning point. So I want to ask you now is, is co- with Coach Prime moving on to the Power Five level, could that be equally a, 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 a death? I hate to say death blow, right? But could that be similar in terms of the momentum that HBCUs had in terms of getting these top flight athletes? Could that be potentially a death blow? And I hate yes to put you no. on the spot. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna answer that uh, that question honestly. Yes and no. And here's the here's the yes part. The machine of marketing and branding and the recognition that Prime comes with, it's gone. So that's 
That's a negative. We all have to acknowledge that. But you mentioned something earlier about the exposure, the visibility. No, we can't go back in time and undo any of our involvements on 60 Minutes, uh, Good Morning America, ESPN, um, College Game Day. We can't undo any of that. So that's going to remain a staple and concrete in, in society in the future for going forward in our in our history. What we have to get right now to continue to keep that momentum is the next head coach. And if we make the right hire, when we the make right the right type hire. of support, no, no, change that. When we make the right hire and get some much needed support from the businesses and, and from within Jackson, and we really start to work on us collectively, the change is coming. This train is not going to stop. And I really meant that when I said it was a paradigm shift. And it is. Regardless if it doesn't happen as quickly, quickly. as we want it to happen, the truth is, is already we're already starting to see some of the fruits of our labor start to be revealed in terms of some of the teams that we were able to beat this year. The, I think the SWAC had its best out-of-conference um, results in, in the last decade. So teams that historically we never beat, um, not only just in the SWAC, but MEAC as well, teams that we, we've never historically beat, we're starting to beat them. Um, North Carolina Central beat New Hampshire. It's trickling over in the basketball State. too, Shaq. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, really in basketball. Yeah, really in basketball. Uh, Jackson State's beats camp. I mean, there were times amongst ourselves when we used to talk and say, you know, when we go out of conference, we're going to lose. When we go play a PWI, it was almost like we automatically labeled that school as a loss on the schedule. Right. Well, so one thing that I don't think will be reversed or undone is just uh, the the uptick in recruiting uh, conference-wide, HBCU-wide. HBCU coaches aren't afraid to offer the three-star, the four-star, the five-star. That's not going to stop now that Deion Sanders is at a power five. They're going to continue to do it. Our They're coach, whoever exactly. our next coach is, he has to do it. Right? You don't have a choice now because you're going to get left yeah. in the dust. So you're going to – and we always said it. This goes back 20, 30 years where we say you have to put the offer out there. You're not going to get them all, but you may get one here and there. And I think that's going to continue. And these schools are yeah. going to continue to offer these kids. and They're going to continue to land some of them. And hopefully more, but the level of competition will definitely continue to remain at an all-time high. You know, we, we've always said on our podcast that our unity is our wealth. And I'm going to continue to to pound that, that drum and continue saying that going forward because it's true. So when we make the right hire and we can unite um, behind that coach and, and get the communities uh, to unite and get the businesses, um, and, and you know <laughs> – you know, I don't want to I don't want to bring state legislator in this, but can I just say, can y'all get y'all stuff together, please? State legislator. All right. That's what we could. We're about to get in trouble. We're about to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq, you know, this, I tell you what, this is what I do. This is what I do. I'll pause it right there because I don't want to be I don't want to be associated with getting in trouble. So I'll bring <laughs> I'll, I'll let you get your crew together. You, Kenzo, bring y'all back. Continue the conversation. <laughs> y'all get in trouble like y'all always do. Leave me out of it. Yeah, that's man, I get you, man. Let's cut, but... let's cut it. Let's cut it. <laughs> yeah. Swag yeah. champions. JSU yeah. back to back. Yeah. Swag champions. Coach Sand Coach Pryor. I almost said Coach Sanders all of a sudden. All right, Coach Pryor, we thank you for everything you've done. 
uh you know we wish you the best no hard feelings on my end i'm, I'm just you know i'm happy to support you to you get it if your only purpose was to come here and turn this thing around <laughs> you did it you did it so it's all it's all us from here on yeah. now so any final uh parting words fellas uh, um, same thing man yeah um yeah, yeah just um a big kudos to coach prime i wish you well on this endeavors in colorado uh again the only thing i ask is that you make the program better than it was when you got here and you definitely did that by leaps and bounds so um i can't, I can't be upset with that uh i'm disappointed that it ended you know a year or two sooner than i would have liked it but um you know he was you know jumping at leaps and bounds so again it's uh you know it's it's you know i'm not you know surprised that another school would, would want that kind of um persona associated with their program so you know they, they came with a bigger i'm surprised it took so long to be honest i'm surprised that it took so long you know if i was a power five ad i would have gone after him after year one because uh, nothing else he showed you what he could do from a recruiting standpoint uh with the resources that they have obviously you know he could surround himself with the uh, amazing staff i remember when i first uh was told that coach prime was going to be our coach uh first again i didn't believe it uh, but it was from a, a source that has never been wrong when it came to jackson state so and i was thinking uh, first thing i said was we can't we can't afford it right that's the first thing i said uh, <laughs> naive me but yeah. uh it, you know and this source starts to start to tell me well everybody's not going to be excited about this and i said why why wouldn't he? well he's never coached before and i and this is what i said i said listen i don't know if he can coach i said but it, it's not even going to matter i said i don't even it's care about recruiting I, I said Deion Sanders. Back then he was Deion Sanders. Yeah. He is going to out recruit everyone else. He's going to out talent everyone else. If he can coach, that's a bonus. That's a plus. And he's smart enough to surround himself with assists because your, your assistant's going to make or break you anyway. Right. So if that's he true. is a great head coach, and again, I didn't know if he would be or not. I said, it's not going to matter. I said, Deion, now, did I did I think he was going to go get Travis Hunter, the number one player? No, no. So he exceeded. Yeah my expectation and i already knew he was going to out recruit anyone so again uh coach prime we thank you uh for what you did uh we wish you the best uh you know should do a sanders his name will ever be in the record book so that'll always be there we'll ever ha have that tie but again it's up to us to, to keep the train and uh ad ashley robinson will do that so uh that's pretty much it fellas thank you for uh, another great episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Before I go, I got to do this, right? I've never done this. We're, we're right at 300 episodes in, right? We'll have we're coming up on our 300 episode any day now. And I haven't done this, but Mike B, and I didn't ask him to do this. I didn't, you know, we didn't plan this, but he did it. So I got to call, I got to point it out. I said, what, what's that over your uh, your shoulder, Mike? It looks like I see a book. What is that book oh, that yeah. I see on, oh, on, yeah, on this yeah. show? Yeah, yeah, you see this? Uh, I'm going to tell you, Tiger fans. If you want to support a Jackson State alumnus, go out and purchase this book. Life is easy. We make it hard. By the Corey C. Corey <laughs> now, Corey, Corey, you go ahead and tell them where they, where they can find this book. Where, where, where can they purchase this? It, it's everywhere. It's on Amazon. It's on all the spots. But I, for my people, for my Tiger fans, for my listeners, if you need a copy, hit me up. Just message me through Tiger Talk, Facebook, Instagram for your autograph copy. And I'll send it to you. So yeah, appreciate that. It's a great read. Uh, it's a page turner. You're going to learn a lot about uh, yourself. Uh, Corey makes it so relatable. He takes um, personal stories in his life and tell you how, how you can equate that to your life to uh, become the best version of yourself. It's a it's a great book. Great read. I've read it two times already. And so I, I definitely recommend it.
I appreciate that, man. Not good a shame, stuff, gentlemen. Good stuff. Not a shameless plug. I, I've never mentioned it in the three years. Uh, we're going on three years this month, Mike. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Three years. I know. Right. Three yeah. years of podcasting. So yeah. I never mentioned it in the three years, but since he had it on the bookshelf, I had to call it out. So Tiger fans, if you want an autograph copy, just hit me up. Actually, hit me up at the Corey C Instagram or Twitter, and I will definitely hook that up. So, fellas, we will see you in Atlanta for this Black College National Championship. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. D, I love, baby.